This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. As always on a Tuesday, it's the big picture with Investec Asset Management. This week we are speaking to analyst in the four-factor team in Investec Asset Management in London. His name is Neil Hartnett and we're going to talk about electric vehicles. Now, Neil, I was in your offices a few months ago and I spoke to one of your colleagues who just moved out to the country and I said, well, do you drive in or do you get the train? He says, no, I drive my electric car from my farm to the station and that suits me fine. And I suddenly realised that the electric vehicle is no longer a novelty. It's actually real and people are buying them and what an extraordinary transformation that's been over the last few years. Absolutely. And I think you're going to see that grow over time. So currently penetration of electric vehicles is about 1%. And by 2040, we're talking about that moving to 25% or so. Yeah, and you say in your piece that you kindly sent me, summer 2017 was an important stepping stone in the long transition from traditional ICE vehicles, that's the internal combustion engine, of course, towards electric vehicles or EVs. Tesla's mass market vehicle, the Model 3, began production this year. Volvo pledged all new product launches from 2019 will have either partial or complete electrification. And most significantly, policymakers in the UK and France committed to ban the sale of ICE vehicles by 2014. I'd like to add that by 2025, the Netherlands will have that same legislation in place. And of course, China came out with an announcement maybe around about six weeks ago, Neil. That's correct. And I think you're going to see more countries join in with this theme as well and set up new uh, new regulatory targets as well. Indeed. Now, the implications of this are manifold. I mean, just off the top of my head, without even reading your piece, the energy industry worldwide is going to be impacted, despite the fact that as we pre-record this interview, the oil price is at a two-year high above $60 a barrel. I think the long term is for the electric vehicle movement to have a fantastic effect on the energy market and therefore will have an effect on energy companies and therefore stock markets, therefore investors. Inflation will be impacted. The environment will be impacted. There are so many things to consider. It's fascinating. Sure. No, absolutely. But what I would say is that there's a lot of excitement and a a lot of emotive headlines around towards the death of oil and the long-term decline. And whilst on a multi-multi-decade basis, I have to agree with that, the thing that I would point out is that miles driven on a global basis are still going to increase at least for the next few decades. And that's really going to be driven by the penetration of auto growth in the emerging markets. So whilst, yes, we will have more efficient engines, yes, we will have more electric vehicles, it's very feasible that still by, say, 2040, we still have the same amount of demand for oil from the auto industry as we do today. Yes, indeed. Without being unkind to either the developed world or the developing world, it's very much in, at the moment the well-heeled person who is able to plug in their car and has a bit of money, um, because these cars are expensive, to drive an electric vehicle. Whereas if you go to the developing world, it's unlikely that even if the consumer has the money to import a car, uh, like a Tesla Model 3 or something, the fact is that he or she won't be able to plug it in anywhere. No, I'm, I absolutely agree with your sentiment there. 
But over time, I think what you're going to see is the cost for an electric vehicle is going to come down significantly. I think we're already at a significant stage for the industry whereby electric vehicles are becoming mass market. And over time, hopefully that proliferates. And that's not just about the developed world. That is also about the developing world too. One of the points that uh, I didn't bring up, that will, one of the sectors that will be impacted, of course, is the auto manufacturing sector. Now, how will traditional auto manufacturers and component suppliers be impacted? Obviously, people like Volvo have said, well, we've got to get, we've got to get ahead of the curve here. And the ones that get left behind Behind, I think will be impacted the most? Well, I think in the short to medium term, what we've got to look towards is margin and return dilution for the auto manufacturers. And that's really coming about from increased R&D spend, increased investment in facilities, and just the brute fact that the electric vehicle is more expensive to manufacture than a equivalent internal combustion engine-led vehicle. I think for the component suppliers, we're also going to see a lot of disruption. The reality is that the power currently lies in the hands of the battery manufacturers, and they're very willing and capable to subsidize their entry into the traditional component supply chain. So if you look towards the Chevy Bolt, for example, which is a mass market electric vehicle, you'll see that LG Chem, the battery manufacturer for that vehicle, in fact provides over 50% of all components for that vehicle, which is entirely unprecedented for anything we have seen in the industry over the last few decades. What about the charging challenge? I glibly said we haven't got anywhere to plug them in in countries like South Africa at the moment anyway, but it's a reality. What does it mean for the expansion of the market, first of all, but probably more importantly, what it means for utilities, power utilities? Well, I think the charging challenge really is a challenge, and I think it's probably the most uncertain piece of this puzzle at the moment. At least in European countries so far, we've seen the rollout of infrastructure led by the auto manufacturers. But that's really been to satisfy this chicken and egg dilemma of whether you need auto demand for electric vehicles first to get your charging infrastructure or whether you need to lay the charging infrastructure first to get your auto demand. I think utility companies certainly have an opportunity here, but they seem to be rather unwilling to make a move until government regulators have given them the nod to who will bear the cost of laying that charging infrastructure and what the economics of that infrastructure at a later date will look like. Of course, unless you're President Donald Trump, one of the benefits of this, one of the many benefits of the electric vehicle movement is what it means for sustainability and also the environment. Have you done studies what the long-term effect is going to be? Well, I'm pleased that you mentioned that because I have to say that emphatically this is a positive for sustainability, which is really one of our focuses currently within our investment process. The transition from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles means less demand on a multi-multi-decade basis for oil. But also let's remember that the charging infrastructure which is going to be used for electric vehicles is going to be backed up by renewable resources. Over 80% of all investment into power generation today is in renewable resources. You mentioned investment process. What is the investment process at the four-factor team at Investec Asset Management? How do you approach this incredibly fascinating and dynamic arena? So the sort of stocks which we look for are high-quality stocks with improving operating momentum, increasing investor interest, and at attractive valuations. And really the beauty for us is this industry is nascent, so as active managers, we have an opportunity to identify the trends which are building and act now.
It's not just a case of saying, oh, well, Tesla makes electric vehicles, let's buy that and have that as 20% of our holdings. You have to think laterally as well and say, well, what are the knock-on effects? What, is, what does the supply chain look like? And what will the supply chain look like in the future? So it's not as simple as it might appear. That's absolutely correct. And within our process at the moment, in fact, auto manufacturers don't screen particularly well. So as I mentioned previously, there's a lot of margin dilution, which is expected, and a lot of return dilution expected. However, conversely to that, there are plenty of auto components names which are really benefiting from that trend. So are interesting investments for us currently. Final question, Neil. Do you own an electric vehicle yourself? I don't, in fact, own an electric vehicle currently. My own, um, my own personal view is to sit tight and to wait for the next three to four years where we're going to see a lot more competition in the marketplace, a lot more innovation going on, and actually the, uh, the price points should come down relatively meaningfully and uh, there should be opportunity to buy something uh, quite interesting. But the very fact is, is that you're maybe thinking that your next car or the, the car after that will be an electric vehicle. And if I had said that to you five, six years ago, you would have um, scoffed at me. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. Neil, thanks so much for your time this evening. That's Neil Hartnett, analyst in the Four Factor Team and Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.